Calling all Swifties and champions of change, Like a Girl Media is rolling out the red carpet for you with our Thrive Like a Girl contest. We're all about celebrating powerful women leaders who inspire us to dream big and push boundaries. And who embodies that spirit more than Taylor Swift herself? Here's your chance to see her live in concert. We're giving away two tickets to Taylor Swift's show in London on Saturday, June 22nd. Imagine being part of the magic, all thanks to Like a Girl Media. Entering is easy. Subscribe, share, and show us which episodes inspired you the most. Visit our website or check our social media for all the details. Don't just dream it, be it. Thrive like a girl and make this summer unforgettable. Contest opens globally. Voidware prohibited. Must be 18 or older to enter. No purchase necessary. Subscribe and share with hashtag thrive like a girl and tag us at like a girl underscore media for entry. Unlimited entries means unlimited chances. Winner chosen at random after contest closes May 20th, 2024. We'll be notified via DM. Make sure your profiles are not private. Check full rules on our site. This is your shot to see Taylor Swift live. Don't miss it. This episode is brought to you by Chirpy Bird, Inc. CMS's Merit-Based Incentive Payment System, or MIPS, is super complex. And if clinicians ignore the program or perform poorly in it, it can result in a hit to their revenue and reputation. Chirpy Bird is proud to say that more than 95% of its clients are exceptional performers in MIPS, meaning they've maximized the score that directly translates into their Medicare reimbursement rate. Chirpy Bird offers their audit-proof services to practices of all sizes through an affordable monthly subscription that includes unlimited access to a regulatory expert who guides them in knowing what data to track, how to create workflows that make capturing that data easier, and ensures that they submit it all to CMS on time and performing at its best. Contact Chirpy Bird today or learn more at chirpybirdinc.com. That's chirpybirdinc.com. Hey there, and welcome back to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. We have been on a grand adventure this summer, and we can't wait to share season six with you. New episodes officially release August 18th, but here's a preview from the road. You're about to listen to a raw conversation between Sharice and me, outside, in the rain actually, that we had moments after we exited the Women's Rights National Historic Park in Seneca Falls, New York. It brought up some stuff for us, and well, take a listen. It's pretty hilarious that everywhere we've gone, if we're trying to go somewhere or do something important, it starts raining. Our third companion along this journey has definitely been the weather. Yeah, that is no From the joke. rain to the scorching heat, it's never fall. All right, so we have been to what, 17 states now? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's some badass stuff right there. It is pretty badass. We are in Seneca Falls, New York. The birthplace of the women's rights movement, the suffrage movement. And where are we standing? We're standing in the courtyard of the Women's Rights National Historic Park and Museum. That's a a mouthful, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's technically a national park. It's just a building, and I think it might have been a chapel at one time. Yeah, yeah. But it essentially is the birthplace of the women's rights movement. And to your point, you know, you said earlier that it is small, which is kind of sad when you think about it, because you would think something 
that you'd want to thrive and to, you know, continue that it would grow in some way. You know, there's kind of a sadness joy because it's almost like even though this is here and people know it's here and this is the birthplace, you get that kind of feeling that it's been forgotten a little bit, right? Right. And it's kind of sad. It made me a little sad being in there. I'm like, because it is small. And I'm sure pre-pandemic, it was probably a little busier. But it's like, this is a place of pride for us as women. And it should be celebrated. Like, you don't even hear about it, right? Right. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling a a myriad of emotions at the moment. And one is anger. Right? Yeah. I think for both of us, it showed up and we didn't expect it. Because if you come to a place like this, the first thing you expect to feel is inspired. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, Well, even you just look at the rules of like how by law it used to be for women. Women. Not even to be able to own your own finances. Right. Well, or, and even as like as you got married, what you were giving up, like what? like I can feel the <laughs> anger coming from you now. And <laughs> well, because you're supposed to be taken care of and mm-hmm. in exchange for, be taken, for being taken care of, you essentially give up your you rights. You give up your rights. Like I was saying to humanhood, like it's almost like the men were inheriting more property, so to speak. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's kind of infuriating to think of oneself as property that you're like, okay, and now I have a role to play and it is within the home and it's just to take care of my husband. Mm -hmm. I am by law, just like that's my duty in life is to be a good wife. Right. You know, a lot of people don't know there's a story of Lord Mansfield out of... um, I think he was actually Scottish, but ended up in London at some point. But he was behind some of the anti-slave movements. And he had actually a biracial niece who lived with him, who he got a lot of flack for. But she was entitled to her father's wealth, and Uh he made sure she got it. So one of the things that she said that even though she inherited great wealth, once you marry, you are but men's property. Right. And it bring, it's like, how are we as women? And this isn't my story necessarily because I'm not a white woman, but white women were essentially slaves if you look at it in turn. And I'm cautiously saying that because I don't equate that with slavery. Right. But I'm talking about the ownership. Right. You were your husband's property, so to speak. And it just bought so many things up for me in there. First of all, how awesome was it that slaves and women were able to come together and work together for so many things, right? It was awesome when you saw, and you saw so many historical figures that you never knew worked together in that type of thing. Susan B. Anthony, hello, Frederick Douglass. I did not know that. I did not know that, right. I did not know that. So it was great seeing that, but it's like the stuff that they had to fight against, just the notion that women are human, right? you know, that they can hold down jobs and that they can do things outside of the home was, to me... Just seeing it all laid out like that was made it like 10 times more than what I thought of it originally. And I thought it was heinous originally. Right. Okay. So a couple of things now show up for me is the, the comparison of the rights that women of native cultures had versus the colonists that came over. And a lot of women who were part of native communities and tribes as becoming, you know, kind of colonized ended up giving up a lot of rights. Exactly, yeah. They really spelled it out Mm -hmm. as far as like what it is that they had as part of their communities and their ability to have ownership and, you know, of their lives and livelihoods and families and and the exchange of what they had to give up. It was actually illegal for them to like, they had voting rights in their indigenous cultures 
and then it was actually illegal for exactly. them to vote. Right. Mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, when you think about it, the women's movement, and like I said, because it was going on at the exact same time we were fighting against slavery and abolition and that type of thing, or fighting for abolition of slavery, it just also brings to mind that there are more things that bound us as sure. people at that time than separate us. And I always come up with the notion, who was the first person to come up with these laws? That's other people are like, yeah, you know, women shouldn't be able to own property and natives shouldn't be able to do this. And people of color shouldn't be able to. I'm like, who said, I always mention Lord Mansfield because I love his words. And he was the first person that I knew who wrote the words. Slavery is such an odious thing. Nothing and no one should ever support it. And I always felt like when someone comes up with the idea that women should be denied anything or that natives should be denied anything or that people of color should be denied, someone should stand up and say that is so odious an, an opinion that nothing and no one should support it. So it amazes me, first of all, that these things went on for so many right. decades and centuries. But it also amazes me the spirit of people and women and natives that they say, no, we're not going to do this. Yeah. We're not going to accept this. And we are going to get together and say no more. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's one thing that it is written by law and it's in the, you know, the bylaws of the town. And of course, like the Voting Rights Act and the ability to cast a vote. Mm-hmm. But then it also shows up in these cultural things that are not necessarily written right. down. And they really identified like, What is it okay for boys and for girls to play with when it comes to toys? And let's really, like, it starts from this young age. Exactly. Let's define these roles as we see they should be Uh and then develop systems around it, right? And then the other is about fashion. Mm -hmm. Looking at, like, how women really had to dress in a certain way that kind of over, well, definitely overlaps into our profession when you think about corsets Mm -hmm. and how they had to you know, have this hourglass figure mm-hmm. that was really and it was not necessarily exactly. It wasn't healthy. No. It was just all to pl- be more pleasing to men. Right. I don't think we were considering that this was going to be the conversation right? that we were going to have today. But, <laughs> but we, it's one that needs to be had and certainly worth having because of the effect it had on us. Yeah. Well, and okay, so we're on our road to hymns, and I think that we all kind of agree, like, no high heels. If you're a smart woman, you're not wearing high heels at hymns because right. you can't... I would say you do it the first time, but there's never learn. a second time you wear him, heels at hymns right. if you're smart. Right. Right. And um, you and I, it's funny, over the course of the last... I don't know, 45 days that we have been traveling (laughs) together. It's interesting to see how our similarities and differences show up. That's true, yeah. And I, for one, I don't know when I decided, but I'm like, I'm on protest from makeup. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that. Yeah, I kind of am. Mm -hmm. I'm sort of protesting it. And it it really comes from this like male-female thing that I'm thinking, how many men in our profession have to change the way that they look in order to show up and do a good job. And even though it might make you feel better or even look better in photos, there's something, there's a stance that I am personally taking that I'm like, guess what? This is what I look like. I don't think you're the only woman who's taking that stance. And I think that's kind of admirable. But I also take the other side of it because, you know, I love makeup. I know. That's and it what has I'm nothing saying. to do with men. It's just I just love playing in it. Yeah. So I always feel like makeup the way we want to interpret it and that type of thing, because I do get like the some of the ideals like I have friends who will say that we have to wear red lipstick and that type of thing for men and that type of thing, because it makes them listen more. That's actually a statistic. Right. right. They will listen more if you wear red lipstick. And doesn't that anger you? That anger It 100 percent does. And ever since I've heard that 
saying or that statistic over the last year, I stopped wearing red all together. Nobody's noticed, yeah. but I stopped wearing it. Yeah. And I'm like... I like it when you wear purple. Yeah. Yeah, purple and pink are my, my power yeah. colors, so I wear them more. But it just goes to show you how things become indoctrinated in us, and we just start behaving in certain ways. Yeah. And I think what places like this museum and this historical park cause you to do is to question like to go back and say okay yeah we know these things are happening but we need to revisit them because clearly we haven't learned everything from the past that we need to learn and we're still having the same struggles one of the things that struck me this past year that you said to me was like we know that women are going to continue to struggle but we want them to have different struggles right for the women that come after us but I feel like we're still in some of the same struggles. Like, we don't have pay equity. Yeah. Why are we in this place? You know, men still don't consider us equal. These are struggles I don't want my daughters to have. But I don't think that they necessarily think that consciously. I don't think that the men in our lives are like, I think less of you. I think you're unequal. Maybe not the men I mean, in our like, lives, but I think there are men who do think that women are yeah. less. But I'm struck by the idea that women not only now go through the same education and that type of thing. We also go out and get the same jobs. And then we take that third shift and do Mm -hmm. the work at home. Mm -hmm. Something that men, we now know coming out of this pandemic, are not doing in the same numbers that women are. So it's like we're doing triple work. Clearly, if you want to go that route of who's stronger, it would have to be us because... Hello. (laughs) Let's look at the evidence. Exactly. (laughs) Well, okay, on... Not on the flip side, but and another emotion that I am feeling right now, I kind of wanted to cry a little bit. Because yeah, it did bring up those kind of... I was thinking, one, I've been told my whole life I have a small voice. The podcasting platform is a good medium for me because I get to hold a microphone. And but I, that also is a microaggression, it right? It is a microaggression, yeah. but it's like, oh, you know, you sound small, your voice is small, so therefore what you have to say is less important. And I've said it in, I think, a clubhouse rooms. I'm like, you know, like, like my voice is small, but my thoughts are mature, My, you know? Right. <laughs> but then I was thinking this and what we're doing and the fact that we are celebrating women, amplifying their voices, bringing attention to them and actually have a medium in which to do so that I'm not breaking a law. Exactly. And the fact that... But once upon a time, it would have been, right? Yeah, like the <laughs> fact that I'm like, okay, well, this this wouldn't have been possible a hundred years exactly. ago. We only got the right to and vote And it wouldn't have been likely years 50 ago. years ago. No. So in that sense, it's, you know, there has, pro- progress has been made, which I, you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. Okay, we got that going for us. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I don't want it to seem like we are going through this museum and this beautiful area, this national park, and saying that, you know, all men are horrible. We saw no. on the inside how many men, you know, stepped up and helped. Yeah. So there are male allies, but when you ha- have systems in place, those systems 100% have to be broken down. They have to be disassembled and rebuilt so they're inclusive of all voices. And like it's for us still to be having some of these same conversations, I think is unacceptable. I would hope that more people would visit this place because it has like bought out a fire in me like, oh, hell no. 
<laughs> we shouldn't still be having these fights. But a lot of, you know, even where this podcast began was that women didn't have as much of a platform, that their voices weren't being heard. And it wasn't that the systems weren't necessarily in place. Like it wasn't illegal to have them up on stage. It's just sort of, that's how we've always done it. And, and you know, I always make the joke and it's it's partially a joke, but a joke that's true that, you know, healthcare, unfortunately, like, British fashion is five years behind the trend. Mm -hmm. So we're just starting to realize some of the equity issues that come up in other segments. We're very late to the party. And as you see, even with conferences and stuff, we're just having those conversations. They're not like five years old. They're three years old. Right. So I'm very proud that we are having those conversations. I'm very proud of Hit Like a Girl that we have created a platform for women not only to get their voices heard, but to also market their abilities to be remarkable and unapologetically about it. I so love it. I think I know. also love that we're creating or at least adding to the culture of supporting one another. Exactly. And instead, instead of, of looking at it competing with each yep. other. You know what? I can help you, you can help me or we can help if we've come so far in our journey, we can turn around and share what we've learned with right. the people coming in behind us. And we should. And we I should. think it's the duty we owe to our sex, our daughters those who are coming behind us, and also to men, because men have to learn from us. I've said it recently in an interview. I said, if real change is going to come in the health tech sector in a way that's going to help all segments of the population, 100% it has to come from women because we're doing the work in the homes. We're the caregivers. We're taking care of our families. We know what needs to happen, and people will have to listen to us to put in change that impacts in a way that's actionable and that's sustainable. I would add to that, that even the idea of feminism of like, okay, breaking the stereotypes of what women are, we could also break the stereotypes of what men, men are. are. Exactly. And, you know, across the spectrum, the queer community, like, like mm-hmm. we, there is not a cookie cutter for any one of us. We That's should true. all have an opportunity to kind of grow into our own uniqueness and, and let it be okay. And let it be okay. Live and let live needs to be more of a, a model we all live by instead of everybody putting these rules and say, okay, it's okay for you to be an individual, as long as you go along with everything I believe in. Right. That's wrong. Yeah, we can't be advocating for the other's demise. Exactly. Which, unfortunately, is how things have been in the past. But when you go through a place like this and see it all written out and see, like very in your face, yeah. it's like we have to make sure this does not continue and that things change is sustainable and that we evolve past all of the nonsense of the past. We have to learn from it because it's like a bad skirt from last season. We don't want to see that again. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so think about how much we've seen. We've literally gone from coast to coast. Yes. We've gone from the West Coast into the South, up to the East Coast. We still have, you know, the Midwest to go through. And unfortunately, we're not tackling the Pacific Northwest. However, I think we've created... some amazing memories and, that's true. and been able to connect with people to sort of bridge that divide. Yeah, and, that's true. and it's been nice to be able to, especially after the pandemic, when mm-hmm. we have all sort of been stuck in place and not really had the opportunity to connect with one another. And when you really only see what's going on in the media and the news, and it feels so divisive that we are all like on, you know, it's one or the other. Things are black or white. You're this or that. You're right or left, you know, whatever it is. It's nice to be able to connect with people and know that, Things have been more nuanced. Like, we haven't experienced any major issues with it. No matter where we've been. That's true. People have been kind. Mm -hmm. And how awesome has it been that, like, through all the travels and all the women we've been able to meet with, 
we've seen how they've been able to not only sustain themselves and function during the pandemic of being locked down, but been able to thrive. They've been able to hold down their jobs. They've been able to do to multitask, be parents, be partners, and also continue to work remotely and that type of thing. It's remarkable to be able to do that, to pivot and shift in a way that still makes you productive and still makes you well-balanced in your personal life. That's been awesome for me to see because these women have picked up new hobbies. Exactly. Isn't that cool? (laughs) That's been great. Well, it's nice to know that we are capable, uh, like regardless of what change comes our way, mm-hmm. that we will find a way. And right. it doesn't mean it doesn't come without struggle. Like That's Everyone exactly. has experienced challenges. And I know that many people have probably felt like they've been at their breaking point at some point, but they've you get through. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I always believe I'm a spiritual person. I believe that God will give you more than you can handle and will show up in your life. Not when you want them to, but when you need them to. (laughs) And I feel like women are good with sustaining themselves until God shows up. It's like, we got this. Where men may be on their knees already. Women are like, hold on. We're not there yet. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Mama's got it. So, like, to me, it's just been remarkable just talking to them and seeing the things they've done. And like I said, still being able to maintain their jobs. We talked to a woman today. She was the only person in the office, right? She was the only one working there. So... I've just been really inspired by those women. And coming here and getting mad and also dealing with the women we've been interviewing has just put a fire in me like, this year is going to be great. I can't wait to get um, to season six. I think that our listeners will love all the women we've talked to and some of the behind the scenes content and things we're doing, but also hearing about this museum and what it, what it brought up for both of us. I just really look forward to it. Well, so on that note, what are some of the highlights we have probably spoken with both in person and remotely around 20 women. I mean, it's definitely going to be a binge-worthy season. But, yeah, definitely. But what are some of the highlights from the conversations that have been memorable to you? Some of the women who have moved across the country or across the world, I find that fascinating. The way women have been able to, many of the talks we've had, they've been able to work out with their partners how to manage home life and work life during the pandemic where it could have broken some marriages apart, right? Sure. They were able to manage those things. Some of the hobbies they picked up, I think, have been fascinating. We've heard about a belly dance and that kind of stuff. Just awesome stuff. So, like I said, it's just been awe-inspiring because it could have been, you know, a pandemic. None of us saw that coming. Yeah. It could have been very detrimental to all of our lives, but we didn't run into anybody who was devastated by the pandemic. We didn't run into anybody who felt like they needed to leave Health IT because of what we all went through. Some career shifts. Yeah, some career shifts. uh, Quite a few career shifts. Mm -hmm. People like, oh, my circumstances changed. Or like, for example, one of the nurses from New York, I mean, she was really traumatized by what she Yeah, that one was really emotional for me too because, you know, I do work with nurses, but her saying it like that, I think we all had a moment of silence where we, you know, we were definitely crying, but it just makes everything more human for you that these things really happen. You know, it worries me. You have like the deniers and that type of thing out there. But you and I deal with this every day. Yeah. We know these people. You know, we know. I know of a doctor personally who took their life during the pandemic. So, you know, these things happen. So to see these women during this time that we've been talking to in the spaces they're in, still be able to get their work done and function, that itself is remarkable to me. You know, Every, there's not one we talked to that I didn't say, this person is amazing. You yeah. Know? And I can't wait for listeners to hear them. Yeah. Well, let's think about some of the behind the scenes stuff that doesn't actually get to make it into typical podcast stuff. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things 
that will stand out to you. Because, you know, this is a trip of a lifetime. This is definitely a bucket list thing that we're doing. And I can't imagine that either one of us is going to do this version this, of no, this again. ever again. No, yeah. definitely not. Not only because of how many different places we've seen, but the challenges of it. So the behind the scenes stuff for me is definitely the rain versus the <laughs> mobile office. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know why it worked out against us, but it was funny afterwards. So those type of um, little incidences. The tornado we, warnings. The tornado warnings, yeah. Like what? Really? <laughs> After like one of the longest days, mm-hmm. I finally sit down. I'm like, oh, phew, what a doozy this day was. And then it's like emergency, tornado warning, go seek shelter. Like, the power outages yeah. that you don't expect. But one thing I will say, it's been the weather to me. Being from the East Coast is better than I thought it would be. Like, I really thought the heat would have flattened us completely by now. But it really cooperated with us up through New York. You know, the humidity is a little oppressive. Yeah, the humidity has now turned against us. Yeah. (laughs) And the whole country, apparently. But I just was kind of pleased with how things went. And Rhode Island, you couldn't ask for better than, you know, day two through. That was gorgeous. And we got that hike in. That was amazing. Yeah. So... Those are some of the behind-the-scenes things, the conversations we have in the parking lots, the hugging when people saw each other. They yeah. hadn't seen each other in almost two years. Yeah. You know, so seeing that, like, there was a moment on Saturday when two people hadn't seen each other in a while and they hugged, and I was like, man, that's amazing. You yeah. know, vaccinated, um, ready to get back to regular, normal, whatever we even call normal. In, even in New York City specifically, because there were several events that were created around this. And they, right. were, they were prompted because we're on this journey. And so it it's was absolutely so true. cool to see these other communities coming together. And you're like, oh my gosh, look what we did. And I don't even know if we oh. can, if we'll have enough time in, the, in season six to show everything we did in New York. But 100%, Hit Like a Girl did the damn thing in New York. It's like 100%. <laughs> We brought people together and had all these activities going on, and it was inspiring and wonderful, and it would never have happened if it had not Karaoke, been Karaoke, exactly. vlogging. <laughs> right. We did the, the, the question, healthcare questionnaire in the open air. Right. Getting I, people together in Central yeah. Park in the middle of summer is not an easy task. No. The first thing you're going to hear is, no, I'm out on Long Island or I'm out on the what we call the um, Ocean Bay Drive in the Hamptons, but we got them there, and... That just to me is like all these people, you know, from this and we weren't all in the same segment of healthcare. We were from all these different little moving parts all over. And there we were all having a good time together. I don't think I'm ever going to forget the serendipity in North Carolina. Right. Well, yeah. Hello. How crazy was that? So we're going from Tennessee to Chimney Rock. And again, it was pouring pouring rain. And Cherise had a meeting to get to, and I had to back up the trailer in the pouring rain up against this river, and these two gentlemen from neighboring campsites were helping (laughs) me navigate, and we got in. We got in safely. It worked out. It it took a minute, and then 20 minutes later, a woman comes over and says, oh, he just asked me to come make sure you're okay, and in our site was somebody we knew (laughs) right next to us, and she works in health IT. Like that you, was crazy. She like, goes, like, literally wait, next door. Yeah. You're, wait, is that? Because she saw the sticker mm-hmm. on the trailer. Wait, you guys are the ladies from Hit Like a Girl? I the, know them. The sticker on the trailer, too, for behind. That was a great idea because we didn't start out with those stickers. Yeah. And then we got that, and that was able to tell people where we were from and that type of thing. 
And even from the beginning, I told you I ran into somebody on a plane who was a part of uh-huh. one of our listeners. And I'm like, yeah, all those type of cool things happening during the way is. Well, and also I got that trailer stuck in Little Rock, <laughs> Arkansas. And yeah. the ladies that were walking around the lake doing their morning exercise because of the sticker on the trailer, they're uh-huh. like, we looked you up. We know who you are now. We're following you. <laughs> Yeah, that type of activity has been truly amazing. Like I said, the whole thing, if you put it all together, because we've had some challenges. Oh, for sure. But the people we've met, we've met people. on. Remember the couple we met on the trail? Yeah. <laughs> we met the aspiring musicians in uh, at the um, cafe when jo- um, John... Oh, that's right. Yeah, in Nashville. In Nashville. So we've met all these amazing people who weren't necessarily signed up for this journey, but they've come along with us. We, yeah. You know... The coffee roasters we've met, not just from Nashville, but around the, everywhere we stop, we have a coffee place. That's been awesome. Yeah. I we'll mean, never be able to share every little moment. No, I mean, I feel like we've learned just about how many different communities that are making a difference. Right. And I feel like, gosh, the world is so big. You think that healthcare and health IT in and of itself is big. Right. And I'm like, God, like, there's so many people doing so many amazing things. And I wish you could ask them all. Like, that's just me being curious. I'm like, tell me everything. I think one of the things that like just made my heart just happy was the woman's co-op space in Nashville. How awesome was that? And gorgeous. It was absolutely like, I'm like, this is 100% women would want to come here and do things. And then to find out that they're not the only one. And how cool is it that there is a community of women entrepreneurs or businesses that Mm -hmm. are just like, we're here to support you. Right. Whether it's through networking or event planning mm-hmm. or, you know, providing a culinary kitchen so you can bake your, you know, right. like start a business. Start your cookie making business yep. here. <laughs> yeah. And come and use our space. Even with when we were in Central Park, Alex Fair with the MedStart and tell us that the majority of his startups now are women. Yeah. That would have never happened five years ago. Women have so much trouble finding funding and that type of support just to hear that. Not that the majority have to be women, but the fact that women were included in their plan just was amazing to me because, first of all, you wouldn't have heard of that five years ago. Even if it were true, it wouldn't have been mentioned in that way. Yeah. Well, the other thing that Alex brought up was helping women kind of get camera ready or video ready. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that Clubhouse has, has been really good for. It's like practice. It's practice, yeah. Practice speaking in front of a crowd, mm-hmm. even though you can't really see them, but you know you're out. There's basically a stage and an audience. Right. And you can practice your pitch. There's people that will, investors that are there to listen. Exactly. And, help and get you back when all else fails, if you can't get in a room, you can start your own. Exactly. <laughs> So that's been kind of um, neat. But you're right. Like, just to be able to practice, that's a great space for women to go in there and kind of sound it out, feel it out, give some advice. So that's been... Now, we kind of cut back on Clubhouse because we've been so busy. Well, we haven't been able to guarantee Wi-Fi. Yeah. And when we (laughs) tried... That's been a challenge. That has been a challenge. When we tried to do it in the car, you and I being next to each other was Was an issue. Yeah. They're like, who's talking? There's an echo. (laughs) So, like, there's several things that we weren't anticipating being a challenge. You're like, oh, and that's the thing. I, we've we've continued our work. Exactly. Yeah, you we're especially. working. You're exactly. Busy bee over here. <laughs> yeah, how, uh, you, you know, and that goes to show how innovation can improve in these spaces that we're in because 100%, I, I haven't missed a beat being out yeah. on the road. I've been able to continue all my assignments, work with all my clients, even go to work while we're on the road. Oh, for sure. Even, so I was right. parking that car in North Carolina and you're like, I got to get to this meeting. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, to be able to do that. But 
that goes to show how resilient we are and how as much as people push back against innovation and technology in our space, it helps us in a lot of different ways so that we can continue to help others. I also feel that the momentum of just really like starting and facilitating some of these natural conversations. When you're on a hike, you're not really, it's not business networking. It's literally like asking questions mm-hmm. around what's the biggest adventure you've ever been on right. or, you know, how, how has your pandemic been or whatever. Like it's, I've learned so much and in learning so much, I now get to apply it to these other areas. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, you know, one hand washes the other. Right. Like you learn, you grow, you add it in. And then like, this is just, it's nonstop. I'm like, I, uh, I don't want to officially be post-pandemic because I feel like we're going to go back to the busyness. Oh, 100%, yeah. And I'm a little bit afraid of that because I feel like the glorification of being super busy is a challenge. I guess like, and I've, we heard it from even some women that we interviewed today that it's like, at some point you get to a point that you have to take care of yourself. Right. So that you can do your best and like make your best contribution, and that is always such a hard balance to find. Yeah, and I'm really happy that for season six we have incorporated some of that women telling us what they're doing for self care because it is so important, and you don't want to miss that. But it is as we get busier and back to pre pandemic levels, it's more complicated to try to get that done right. So we have to prioritize ourselves. We have to prioritize our friendships, our relationships, and we have to work it into the equation, not see it as a subtext to our text. I love you know that. what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a highlight for me has also been having my dog with me. <laughs> Juno? Oh, I should call Juno our third companion and the rain is our fourth companion. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Juno's personality is bigger than life. I've never seen a dog who has that many expressions yeah. and will let you know exactly what she's thinking. So for me, that's been, because I, I told you, we had a bad experience with losing a dog and we haven't had a dog in our home since. But Juno is like, she's like a little sister or something. She's like, I'm going to be around and you're just going to have to deal yeah. with it. And this is what I want at this time. This is the love I want. And now it's time for us to stop here in the woods and sit down. And so She's like, when she's it's like, time to rest, right. she'll let you know when it's time to right. rest. But when it's time to go, exactly. it's time to go. And if you try to go without me, that's going to be an issue. <laughs> so it's been something... Um, Okay, I think we need to wrap up. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You can follow our journey on our website or any of the socials at Hit Like a Girl Pod. You'll be hearing lots more from us real soon. So make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app. All right, until then, be well.